I don't know if I'm like not gonna let myself chill. It's more like I like being busy, and yeah. I think being busy um, lets you enjoy the re- relaxation moments better. Because if you're just relaxing all the time, it's, I I feel bad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Between Here and There, a podcast about international students navigating their way through the pandemic, sharing their stories and struggles when life doesn't go according to plan. The title of our show today is Harvard Can Wait: How an Asian American Girl Leveraged Her Unique Passion into the Ivy Leagues and Found Herself Back in Taipei. Our guest is Summer Shen. She was supposed to have been an entering freshman at Harvard last year, but now because of the pandemic, she is spending part of her gap year in Taiwan. In this talk, we learn about how an opportunity that didn't quite work out led her back to Taipei, how she is dealing with being so far away from home, and also exploring her interests in sports marketing and how that uniqueness shaped her life and got her into Harvard. We would first like to thank our sponsor, Thai Town Cuisine, Hua Cheng Thai Guo Liao Li. They are Taiwan's number one and biggest chain of Thai restaurants. A taste that you never get tired of. And now, here's Summer. Summer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is your number what time to Taiwan? Mm, I don't know. I used to come like every summer when I was、oh, a kid. Okay. But I haven't been back since four years ago because I was busy in high school. Right. Yeah. All right. And this time you're here for longer than you expected. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about what brought you here. I mean, it was a series of of unexpected events. Yeah. So I was. I mean, before Corona, I was planning on going to college, and then、um, because of the pandemic,、um, I didn't feel like wasting my first year at college online, and so I knew I wanted to take a gap year. Well, I spent like. A good amount of time debating with myself on whether I wanted to take a gap year or not.、Um, made a list of pros and cons. Talked to like all of my family members, asked for their opinions, and then in the end, I chose to take a gap year,、mm-hmm. which I do not regret right now because I don't think the situation on campus is like ideal. Because okay, classes are online. Yeah, it's just not the best. So have、I'm, you done online classes? Yeah, I did on online classes the second semester of school. Okay,、uh, senior year. How I, did that work out? I、you? hated it. <laughs> My attention span was so low. Oh I, really? I couldn't pay attention. Well, first of all, it was second semester senior year, so like. Yeah, my senioritis was already terrible before the pandemic, and then when the pandemic hit and classes were online, I just wasn't paying attention to class. Fully、uh, admit that. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew that like,、um, I needed to you know be focused in college. So I decided that I would take a gap year. Um, and I knew that if I were, if I was gonna take a gap year, it would be in Taiwan.、Um, okay. Because first of all, my aunt lives here, so I would have someone to live with, and it's safe here. And so my parents were comfortable letting me come here.、Mm-hmm. Whereas if like I would go somewhere else, I would be on my own. Right. Maybe the situation wouldn't be as safe.、Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, my parents felt very comfortable sending me here. So you had an internship all set up. Yeah, I had an internship at Choshu, which is a startup high school basketball league.、Um, I was gonna be doing like marketing for them and maybe helping out at their games. But like a week before my flight here, they texted me and they're like, "Hey, we're going through some uncertainty right now,、um, and we just pushed our season back to March." And、so I was like, you know, my flight's next week. I'm gonna go. Might as well go anyway. It's better than staying with my family, like doing nothing. So I came here, and like 
we had another call during quarantine um, while I was in quarantine, and they told me, like, hey, just to be honest with you, Summer, we don't think there's going to be a lot to do for you here. Mm. Um, yeah, like, we're going through some, like, restructuring um, and just, like, figuring out, like, how we're going to start our new season. And so right now, it's, since it's their, like, off-season, there's not a lot for me to do as an intern. Um, it sounds like you just cutting you loose yeah they're like we, we feel really bad like if you need help finding a new internship like, adios <laughs> um so yeah i so now while you're in quarantine you you have this phone call yeah while well, i'm in quarantine so i was like i honestly like wasn't that concerned while i was in quarantine because i think it just hadn't hit me yet and like i was like oh yeah i'm gonna be fine like i'll just like explore taiwan on my own or like do something on my own or whatever the heck I'm a person who loves going out and doing things. Like, I can't stay home by myself and just do nothing because I feel unproductive. I just feel bad about myself, and I have to go out and be productive, and, like, I love having things to do in my day. Mm -hmm. So I've just been trying to, like, schedule my days to be as busy as possible. So, like, every day looks different. Um, I, you know, I'll go to the gym. I'll meet up with some friends, some new friends that I met for lunch. I'll maybe go shopping. I'll explore the city. I'll go to eat with my aunt and some of her friends. Mm. Um, um, and yeah, I also go out and tutor people. I um, tutor while I'm in my house um, on Zoom. I mm. will read books. Yeah. Uh, I'll just try to keep myself busy. And I found that like on the days where I don't keep myself busy, that's when I am like not in the best mood. I start to like just feel unproductive and I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, I don't have an internship. I don't have anything to do. Oh my God. Like ah. I, and so I just start feeling really bad. Well, people talk about quarantine anxiety. Yeah. But it seems like there is also this thing called post-quarantine anxiety. Yes. I'm definitely or feeling that. You're feeling that. Yeah. You're feeling like, like you, you can't stop. Yeah. Like if you stop, then you're not making the most of your time. Yeah, exactly. I have always been like a very go, go, go person. I'm definitely like type A. I, I don't really relax that much. Wait, type A? Type A? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, so I'm a very go, go, go person. And when I have too much time to just like think in my thoughts. It, I wouldn't call it relaxing because it's just like, I feel like I, I can't do anything and I'm not being productive. Then I like start having anxiety and I'm like, oh my God. And that's when like, it kind of hits me that I haven't been able to find another internship yet. Although um, right now, so that was like maybe last week. This week I'm a little bit more optimistic because I have some opportunities lined up, but um, yeah, I definitely felt the post-quarantine anxiety. When does summer ever chill? When do I ever chill? Um, I think, um, like, <laughs> I have It seems like you're, you, you said yourself, you're really, you're a go-go person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the first time I've been able to chill in such a long time was during quarantine. Like, um, or not, sorry, not my Tai, my Taiwan quarantine, mm. but like, uh, government shutdown quarantine from like March till oh. like now right. i guess in the states and home for you is home for me is in florida so i i oh, so went you to were high school in florida I, okay. well i went to high school in maryland and then my family just moved to florida in july because of my dad's job wow yeah. so you experienced it when florida cases came surging up yeah we moved literally when florida was a hot spot oh my goodness yeah so we just kind of that? stayed inside yeah, yeah yeah we didn't go anywhere we just stayed inside <laughs> Um, but 
I mean, even so, I think the the only time I was able to like really chill was maybe March to like May, because um, I wasn't doing much then. I was just allowing myself to like be unproductive and do nothing. Um, and then starting the summer, I started tutoring, but. Um, yeah, I've never, like, really been able to chill in high school. Like, even during the summers, I always made myself busy, like, by going to camps or having internships or mm-hmm. by even traveling. Mm-hmm. I guess I would chill when we were traveling, mm. but I don't know if I'm, like, not going to let myself chill. It's more like I like being busy. And yeah. I think being busy um, lets you enjoy the re- relaxation moments better because if you're just relaxing all the time, it's, I, I feel bad. I, I don't enjoy being, like, overworked and, like – you know burning out and having too much to do i I think there's like a balance and that seems like the relative term though i mean for you a chilling day might be uh like someone else's productive day yeah maybe is it and do you ever hear people say that you're an overachiever have you ever gotten that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) most likely to succeed type of um yeah yeah (laughs) i got voted most likely to become president one day. Oh. Yeah, that's my superlative. They there wasn't a most likely to achieve or sorry, to succeed. Yeah. And so I think the one at my school, like the president equals most likely to succeed. Yeah. I <laughs> hope it comes true. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. So into our next section, I think this section should be called How to Get into Harvard. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but you did get into harvard yeah early admissions also yeah. what do you think you know made harvard pick you i think i got into harvard because i had a niche passion and i pursued it um to a great extent um, and that was sports mm, that is that sports. is sports yes, yes it is still is sports um what I, kind of sports I love football, American football. Wow. Yeah. It's like for an Asian girl. Exactly. So I think that's yeah. My application, I like in my essay, I think I emphasize the fact that like liking sports as an Asian woman is very unique. Mm. And I definitely felt that. Like I wasn't lying. Um, throughout high school, you know, people would be surprised when they found out I really liked football and like Boys would be very surprised when they found out I was more knowledgeable about it than they were. Uh-huh. Yeah. Put them in their place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I knew a lot about football. <laughs> you could school the guys on the football. Yeah. Wait, you, you enjoy playing or you enjoy, I enjoy which aspect of it? I enjoy watching football okay. and like analyzing it, but right. I have never played football. Favorite team? The Ravens. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and, and I heard that you actually interned at the Ravens for a while. Yeah, I did. All right. How did you get that? Um, so my dad worked on the coaching side, um, Your doing, dad was sports, a coach. doing sports analytics, kind of like Moneyball. That is so cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. He, um, left finance to pursue sports in 2015. And honestly, before then I wasn't really that into sports and watching football, Yeah, but, um, he would like come home and discuss football with me uh-huh. and I loved it. I started learning the rules as quick as I could, like figuring out every single aspect of the game, um, just like absorbing as much information as possible. Mm. Um, and then when I went to my first game, I like it was electrifying. I loved it. Wow. Um, I loved being a part of like the 70,000 person crowd mm. and like feeling that energy and like right. just we're all there for one purpose. And like that's what I enjoy about 
you know, being a part of a fandom. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really great. I, um, because my dad was working on the coaching side, he, um, and I expressed to him that I loved the Ravens video production team. So I watched their videos religiously because mm. they're, they're a very, very, very good video production team. They've won like a lot of Emmys, like okay. local Emmys. Uh -huh. um, and so I was interested in videography at the time. And so my dad um, gave me the email of the person in charge of videography or video mm. production on the business side of the Ravens. So mm -hmm. business side and like coaching is, is like they're in different departments. Um, so I sent them my resume and they're like, okay, yeah, you can come for the summertime and just kind of help us out a little bit. And so that's how I started. I started out by like helping them tag videos in their like software. Yeah. Um, and then I like started just getting really into the business side of sports and not just video production. I started out in video production and then I started re reading this journal called the sports business journal. Mm. Um, just and following like sports professionals on Twitter and just really getting into the professional space of sports. Mm. And I found out that I really, really enjoyed social media because that's how like I as like a teenager consumed um, or interacted with a team yes. was through social media. And so I figured out I really liked social media. Um, then the next summer I interned for the digital media department, which I, I helped them with like their SEO on their website. Um, mm. Yeah, just like a lot of website stuff. Um, and then as I progressed through high school, I think my junior year, I, um, instead of just working there during the summer, I asked if I could help them with a research project. And so I did this research project for them that basically culminated my entire junior year. And I presented it to them at the end of my junior year, is on yeah. social media. Um, and so I feel, like, really proud of the fact that, like, I, like, I know I got in to the Ravens because my dad... Um, kind of mentioned my name to them, mm -hmm. but I'm like really proud of the fact that I worked my way up and now they trusted me to do something that was like more tangible and less like grunt work per se. Yeah. And yeah. I was actually able to make more of an impact as I spent more time there because I know I'm saying this because um, like some people in high school, they, I think they assumed I was only working at the Ravens because of my dad and I Definitely, like, I'm so lucky and I'm so grateful that my dad put me in that position and, like, gave them my name. But I am also very proud of the fact that I was able to work my way up. And after that, like, I achieved things on my own. And now the people who I worked with, they know me because of me and not my dad. You know, like, I'm not my dad's daughter. I'm Summer Shen. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So it really sounds like he just opened the door for you. Yeah. But what you did after that, he didn't really play a hand in it yeah or, and he did he give you a lot of guidance you know throughout it seems like he was he's a true professional and yes he definitely he yeah he gave me some guidance on like sports industry however we're in very different departments so he is doing analytics mm. and mine is like more business so it's a little different and plus okay. he didn't start off in the sports industry he yeah had he a was career, in finance mm -hmm. yeah he what, what are you doing finance he was in like fixed income trading or something oh, okay. like that. Like All bonds right. or something. Yeah, so it was a trader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not too sure. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, so like questions about like breaking into the sports industry, I kind of, he might have like introduced me to some other people in 
in sports and I got to ask them questions and he would take me to the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. It's like the biggest sports conference okay. um, every year. So I've been going since my sophomore year. Mm. Um, and that's when like I've been able to kind of find my own and meet my own people. So he would go like network with his analytics people and then I would kind of go to the different um, panels and listen to the more business side panels and then I got to meet some people on my own. So so it really sounds like what you're saying uh, by you took a very niche interest and you sort of developed it Yeah. to a great extent. Yeah. That's, that's what you mean yeah. by that. So that's what you wrote in your application? Yeah. I um, The biggest thing was obviously like my Ravens internship and my research project. I think those are really big. Um, and I also... Not only did I intern for the Ravens, but I interned for Rice University Athletics the okay. summer before my senior year. Yeah. So it was just like showing that I really, really had an interest in sports. Mm. I would assume that most of your coworkers are guys, right? They're, are At the they Ravens? Male? Yeah. Um, I think actually my department is pretty balanced. It's pretty balanced. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, right. My boss is a female. So oh, right. yeah, she's been a great mentor for me. And she she is very conscious about hiring both people, awesome. both genders. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think your, um, your ethnicity or, you know, do people take you as a certain way? Like when you first meet them in the industry, is there something that, you know, what people talk about, like certain stereotypes you might have to overcome? Yeah, I mean, I people have not like told me to my face, but yeah. I definitely feel it. You feel it? I feel it. Yeah. Um, going to conferences, I think there's definitely been more women over time, but there's still very few women, right? Like I, um, I mean, what kind of looks do you get when you you know? Just right? Step yeah, out like I'm I'm very short. <laughs> I um one of the only female like females there. Um, and uh, yeah, people might think that maybe like I don't really know what I'm talking about. I mean, at the conferences that I go to, it's like the only place where the line to the men's bathroom is longer than the, the women's. <laughs> like literally everywhere else, you know, the women's line is so much longer. Right. But um, at these conferences, yeah, I definitely feel like there's not enough female representation. And I think um, a lot of times like guys think that they're just more knowledgeable in sports than females are. And a lot of times it's just like because they know random like statistics and random facts. They're like, like who won the Super Bowl in 1971 and who scored the game winning touchdown? You know, they know like random facts like that. And one thing that um, I went to a conference and I asked Kim Pegula, who's the owner of the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Um, I asked her like if she has any advice for people who are women who want to work in sports. And she yeah. said, knowing this sort of stuff, knowing these random facts is not – um, make you more knowledgeable about sports, you know, mm. like just don't feel discouraged when you're in, you're just talking to some guys and they spew out these facts and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so much better than you. So like trivial pursuit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Knowing random trivia facts about sports is not what makes you knowledgeable about sports. Like I know a lot about the business side. I read a lot about it. Yeah, about it. What makes you knowledgeable about sports? What is being knowledgeable about sports? I think, well, being knowledgeable about the, about the sport itself and the business side is a little different. And I'd say I'm knowledgeable about both. So the football side, I know like all the rules and like I can ask good, like interesting questions about the game and like make, you know, have good commentary and like talk to my dad while I'm watching it and um, just really have a good understanding um, and a good analysis of mm -hmm. what's going on on the field. I, 
I don't think I am the most knowledgeable about like um, strategy and like all the different types of routes and like, you know, like three stance versus four stance, like all the different like technique stuff. I'm not as knowledgeable about, but Uh I am knowledgeable. to myself, research Three stands or four stands. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, right. yeah, I don't look, even look know what up. that is, bro. Like, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm very knowledgeable about the business side. So because of, like, um, all the people I follow on Twitter and the sports business journal that I read, I, I know about, like, different, like, stadium ventures that are being built, um, marketing. I know I'm very knowledgeable about, like, social media and, like, what social media trends and content works best on each platform it seems like sports to you is this whole big world that's not just the sport being played yeah but it's also is the business is the is the crowd is the community is that is that whole world Mm -hmm. and you got into it on a very professional level even before college Mm -hmm. do you think that is what these top tier colleges are looking for now like kids were I'm sorry, I'm just using kids, but you know, I mean, you were you were literally a kid when you first started, yeah, right. But I mean, uh, people who are not even in college but yet are already operating on a professional level. Do you think that's the direction that everyone's going to? Yeah, I think so. And it's not necessarily that you have to be a professional at whatever you're interested in, but it's just like you should pursue it as much as possible and like be the best in that kind of in your age level let's say Mm. so let's say like i don't think colleges care about the topic of what you're interested in Mm -hmm. like you could be interested in agriculture okay that could be your niche passion for college applications or admissions Mm -hmm. and throughout high school if you're like just really into agriculture then maybe you like started like your own like farm or whatever (laughs) like i don't know maybe i don't know that's maybe like kind of a lot but um you like planted uh, plants and you did research on like you, how you to battled grow- monsanto <laughs> <laughs> you like i don't know you just you did, did something yeah you you, you did really something that was above and beyond above and beyond right it's not like oh i have an interest in agriculture and like i grew a plant in my house or whatever it's like maybe you got an internship at the um what is it the department of agriculture right or mm-hmm. you did some research on how to grow the best type of plant or whatever. Um, right. It's just like showing that you really have a passion in something and going above and beyond in it. You can't just like mildly like something. You need to pursue it. You know, that's where we have the chicken and egg problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will say, how can you even pursue something if you don't have the passion, but how can you develop a passion without the pursuit? Mm. So, and so what, you know, what advice would you give to someone who was like, well, you know what, I don't, I don't even know what my passion is right now. So I would just start trying things since, um, since you're young. Um, I got into sports because I started out as just a fan watching it and I got really into videography because mm-hmm. I loved watching YouTube and like watching like travel videos. And then I, then I started uh, to watch like Ravens videos and that was all just for fun. Like I did that in my free time. Mm-hmm. I like I just loved watching videos, mm-hmm. and I just turned my passion for um, casually watching these videos in my free time um, to what I did professionally, quote unquote, throughout mm-hmm. high school. So I would it just also try seems a bunch of like it. It also seems like you were never uh, restricted. Yeah. From that. Yeah. Right? Because what other people probably see as entertainment. Mm. Right. 
and you'll be spending a lot of time watching videos, your parents didn't say like, hey, look, you know, don't, don't watch so many videos. Don't spend mm-hmm. so much time on the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get that growing up? Um, no. I mean, yeah, like throughout middle school, like maybe I was on my phone too much and my parents were like, you know, you need to calm down a little bit. But um, <laughs> I think like it's just because I think my parents – we're very supportive of football and like we're a big football family. So okay. I would just like watch games every single Sunday. I would watch these videos like throughout the week. I would read articles on the Ravens website, just like in my free time, maybe like during lunch, I would read articles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just like, I think what made me unique was that I turned something that was just like what I was interested in on the side into yeah. something that I was interested in mainly for like my, my career. Well, yeah. career. For your career. Of, hey, we're already talking about it like your career. Yeah. And you should. Mm-hmm. It really does sound like it's blossoming into a career. Yeah. You have a younger brother. Yeah. Is he also like you? My younger brother, um, he's very, very smart, but he, I mean, he, we have different interests. Okay. Um, he is not like as interested in sports professionally, but he, um, I mean, he's just a freshman in high school, so he's just figuring things out. But yeah, he's very smart. Um does debate he's a very very strong ice hockey player oh um so yeah love my little brother cool so for you um apparently academics has always been i mean that's for sure if we're getting to harvard you can't be a slouch yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting because you you once said that pressure is an arbitrary concept to you yeah so i mean what do you mean by that i just think that you can take pressure um if you let it get to you, you can let it control your life or you can make it, you know, you can use pressure as a way to help you in life um, as a positive way. Um, and I think it's just like what I meant by saying pressure is arbitrary. You can decide how much you want to let it affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of agree a little bit the same way about stress. Um, I think it's just all about like how you manage it. Um, for example, I mean – I was in a position in high school where I was very privileged and I didn't feel like a lot of external pressure from like doing well to support my family or doing well to, you know, become one of the first people in my family to go to college, you know, something like that. Mm, I was very privileged in that sense. And um, I was also very fortunate that my parents didn't give me a lot of external pressure. They were very nice uh, in that way. So I know like... They didn't ask you to conform to certain expectations that they had. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even have expectations. I know a lot of like my huh. Asian um, friends, like their parents want them to be doctors or, right. you know, lawyers and stuff right. like that. But my parents, they were very chill about it. And they're like, we believe that whatever you want to do in life, you're going to excel in. And they just didn't put the external pressure on me. Is that their parenting styles that they treat your brother the same way? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, and because they they just trust me, I I got grades, a good grades in high school because I wanted to get good grades. Some of my friends, you know, when they got bad grades, they were like, "Oh my god, my mom's gonna freak out, my dad's yeah. gonna freak out." But mm-hmm. I never got that. I mean, my parents they said like I need to get good grades, but like it was more like I wanted myself to get good grades for myself. Did you think? I mean, how much of that do you think that's a product of being Summer Shen? And how much of that is because you were, you know, because you have that that upbringing? Yeah, I think 
It's a bit it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think what helped is that my dad is an ABC. He was born in America. So yeah. he kind of has more Western like parenting style. Um, and he kind of influenced my mom to be that way as well. Okay. And, and your mom is, uh, is, is also born in the States or? My no? mom was born in Taiwan, in Taiwan. Okay. um, but went there for graduate school. Mm, okay. And, um, yeah, I think I also grew up in Connecticut, which was a very like white town. So I think just like the people we surrounded ourselves with, like the parents, my parents surrounded themselves with, they had kind of a more Western parenting style. Uh-huh. Um, and I think they, um, they realized like that type of parenting style just worked better for me. Um, and just in general, like I don't want to be like, oh, one parenting style is better than the other. But for me, it worked because I was very self-motivated. Um, and so that's why I think it's like both my parenting style and me being me yeah. and a very motivated right. person. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So it's, I mean, you could be highly motivated, highly organized, and you can have the best parents in the world, and, uh, but you can't stop COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are, where everything, all the plans have just gone bonkers. Mm-hmm. And how is that, I mean, is that affecting you mentally right now? Are you well, you know, are you well equipped? Say this drags on for another year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for everything that you are equipped with right now mentally. How are you going to handle that? So honestly, I there's definitely ups and downs. There's days when I feel very um, optimistic about the future and like my abilities to, even if I don't get an internship, to figure things out. Um, even if my college experience isn't like the best, what I imagine it in my mind, right. I'm going to figure it out. Mm. But on other days, like a few weeks ago when I was still trying to find an internship, I did get pretty down on some days and I those were the days where I wasn't doing a lot and I didn't have a lot of structure and Mm -hmm. you know being me I love being busy and Mm -hmm. I yeah I did feel kind of bad about myself and like kind of pessimistic I'm like oh my gosh what am I doing here Mm -hmm. right like why did I take my gap? Why did I take this gap year? Mm-hmm. Um, why am I in Taiwan? I don't have a lot to do here. I'm lonely. I, this was in the, the very beginning. Self doubts yeah. are creeping in. Yeah, I because I would just got out of quarantine. I hadn't met a lot of people yet, and so mm-hmm. I felt lonely. I'm a very social person, and I love being around people. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got pretty lonely. Um, but I'd say just like mentally, um, it's okay to let yourself have off days and it's okay to like cry it out and I think suppressing those emotions is not as good I think allowing yourself and like wallowing in that sadness for like a day is perfectly fine and having a good support system and you know I've been talking to my mom a lot and I've been calling her and keeping her updated on like my emotions and when I'm feeling sad I call her when I'm feeling happy I tell her about why I'm feeling happy Mm. um so yeah just validating my emotions and telling myself it's okay to feel this way because you're in such like a transition time in your life. Um, I mean, of course it's like natural to feel uncertain, especially during COVID, especially because I'm taking a gap year and I don't really know what I'm doing yet. Um, but then also like spinning it around and like telling yourself like, Hey, it's, it's going to be okay. And like being positive, I think is how I've been getting through it. Um, 
And it's not going to be like a linear graph that just goes up. I'm right. going to have ups and downs. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been telling myself and trying to stay positive that way. So you realize that in the future, there's even going to be those more of those ups and downs. Yeah, for sure. But it seems like you are able to, at all times, ha- take a take a more of a 30,000 feet view of it. Yeah. And be able to know that that is just one part of the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, actually allowing yourself to wallow in it mm-hmm. for a while. And yeah. when you uh, when you actually talk to your mom and you tell her that you're sad, you're upset, what does she tell you? She tells me that it's perfectly fine to feel this way. And I'm so happy that she validates my emotions because, you know, if she would have been like, Summer, like, you shouldn't be feeling sad, then I think that would have not been as, you know, good for my mental health. But mm. I think just... Yeah, her telling me that it's okay to feel this way, Summer, you're like, you're going to feel better and just cry it out right now. Like, it's totally fine. Um, And she's like trying to help me figure out what um, activities and what things do make me feel better. And she's like, oh, it Mm -hmm. sounds like um, going out and being busy makes Mm -hmm. you feel better. So maybe just try to schedule more things like that in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Go out and explore the city. Um, So that's what I've been trying to do. it really sounds like you could, you could really help a lot of friends who um, uh, have parents who don't respond to them that way. Yeah, <laughs> would just say, "Oh, just cheer up. Come on, it's gonna get better." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. You, you need to um, to actually tell people. Uh, I mean, is that the advice that you actually give to people? That just to validate your emotions. Yeah, validating your emotions is even so when the important. people, even when the people around you don't allow you to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom giving me that advice, it hasn't always been that way. I think... Um, like, hasn't always been that way. Yeah. I mean, in the past, when I've been feeling a little bit sad, my mom like sometimes didn't know the right things to say. Mm. And she was... Um, she tried to comfort me and she was doing it um, out of the goodness of her heart and very well-intentioned. But yes. sometimes yeah. it was like... It's always well-intentioned. Yeah, always well-intentioned. But in the past, maybe she like... Sometimes she just kind of didn't say anything and I was like, hey, are you going to say something? Uh-huh. Um, or sometimes she would like try to give me too much advice okay. and I'd be like, hey, mom, um, I'd appreciate it if you can just kind of listen and like uh-huh. c- kind of like help me through my emotions right now instead of like trying to like fix everything. So it was you... Who yeah. was very clear with what you hope to get out of her. Yeah, and I think that's just so important in any relationship is just communication. If someone is like saying things that you don't necessarily like kind of vibe with or relate with, then just being really honest with them, being like, hey, I I think saying this is gonna be a little bit better. Um, so I've been working on like just that with my mom for the past maybe few years. Over the past few years, you talking to your mom has actually helped your mom to change the way that she responds to you. Yeah, exactly. I And it's different for every person. I mean, some people might just want advice. Um, but for me, so I don't really want advice all the time. So I, I just like really clearly tell my mom, hey, like, um, it would have been nice if you kind of just, you know, validated my emotions this way, or like said certain things um, that I wanted her to say. And it's not like just a quick fix. She has been getting better at it over time. And I've been also getting better at um, communicating to her needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and communication and, like, empathy is not something that, like, comes super, super naturally to me. And I don't think it does to, like, 
to anybody to like you know the perfect extent and mm. i think relationships and improving on them is all about communication right it seems like summer would say um don't be afraid to ask for what you want yeah yeah but in a nice way of course <laughs> that's awesome that's great advice and that's advice that we should really share with a lot of taiwanese kids yeah because a lot of them a, a lot of children here they don't know. I mean, we're talking about children. We're talking about thirty-year-old children too. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to ask for, or mm -hmm. don't know how to ask. Yeah, I honestly, I think it's like like a cultural difference. I think Asian families and, and Asian people in general have a tougher time with empathy. And mm. um, this is no hate at all. I this is just how it is. I think and. Um, a lot of people, like kids, when they're feeling sad, they don't go to their parents yeah. because they feel like they can't get that support that they need from their parents. Mm. Um, but I think I'm just super lucky with my parents. Um, they're a little different and they're a little bit more westernized. And I think what like like Western parenting style is very good at is teaching empathy and like emotions and communicating with people and teaching your children kindness and all these soft skills, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm obviously not perfect at it, but I've been trying to improve on it um, over the years. That's terrific advice. Thank you, Summer. <laughs> Anytime. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Between Here and There with our guest, Summer Shen. A little postscript, after our interview, Summer signed on to be a part of our team, and she is now our assistant producer and has been instrumental in helping us launch this brand new podcast. Thank you, Summer. Summer Shen can be reached at igsummer.shen, on Twitter, itsummershen, and on YouTube, she has her own channel, which you can search for Summer Shen, one word. Between Here and There is produced by a group of college students and Soundshine, Xuanyan Wenchuang. Our host is Sean Liu, Liu Xuan. Producer, Charlotte Guo. Assistant producer, Summer Shen. Production assistant, Harper Chang. Music by Spark Wu. And our production team is Laurent Xia, Guo Chen, and Serena Chen. We are always looking for cool people to work with. So if you like what we do and want to get involved in any way, whether it's in referring guests, production, or helping us get the word out, please contact us via our Insta account, BTWN here there. That is B-T-W-N-H-E-R-E-P-H-E-R-E. -E -E. Between here and there, until next time.